Ben Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 191 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, Henry Got Mike Curry, and I'm back in another episode, man. If you missed last week's episode, episode number 190, make sure you guys go check it out. I had a lot of fun previewing the NBA playoffs. We're going to obviously talk about those real, real soon. But we got to talk about Debo Samuel, one out. We got to talk about Jay Wright calling it a hell of a career. And then we're going to jump into these NBA playoffs, man. So let's get it. So let's talk about Debo Samuel. We all know the dynamic running back wide receiver guy that he is. He's, he's a wide receiver, but he does a little bit of everything. He's a, a Swiss Army knife, if you will. And he wants to get traded. He told the 49ers, don't make an offer. Trade me. So this is obviously more about money. I don't, I don't, I really don't know. Obviously, we will never know all the details for real, for real. Like, we'll just never really know. I don't know if they had talks about an extension ever, but he wants out. He wants out and truly dynamic player. Obviously, we got to, you know, dive into the stats just a little bit, but he was absolutely special for the 49ers. I think he was, you know, he was the big reason why they were so successful on offense. Cause I mean, you got, you had a guy like Jimmy G who was in limbo. You drafted a rookie quarterback last year, Trey Lance, who actually did play some games, but it was just, it was just weird. But Debo Samuel had 77 catches for four, over 1400 yards, six touchdowns, and also had 365 yards on the ground. So he was, he was special. He was extremely special, man. Uh, Debo Samuel, huh, I got to let you guys know, and I got to, you know, always toot my own horn, but Debo Samuel was one of my draft sleepers back in 2019. He was. I've given you guys so many sleepers. Let's go down the list. Cooper Cup. First of all, how many of y'all knew about Cooper Cup? I know nobody knew about Cooper Cup. I, I, I'm willing to bet my life on it that nobody knew about Cooper Cup besides me and my guy, Sean. Y'all didn't know. Y'all didn't know. Y'all did not know. And I'm going to toot my own horn on that forever. Y'all didn't know about no Cooper Cup. Debo Samuel. Yeah. Some people might have known about him. He played in the SEC. Played in South Carolina. You might have heard of him. Maybe. I knew about him. Uh, Jeremy Chin. Um, I had Joe Mixon. But Joe Mixon kind of went viral with his situation. Um, my God. Leighton Van Der Esch was a sleeper of mine. Even though he went first round. Um, I had Michael Gallup on my list. I had, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good, yo. So, uh, I had to toot my own horn a little bit. Sorry, guys. Sorry. If, 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 if you're on the YouTube and you watch, like, this guy's extremely cocky. Nah, I, I just had to do it. I, I don't really do this too often. But Debo Samuel wants out from the San Francisco 49ers. And that says a lot. Um, the 49ers, they're known for paying, you know, certain players. Fred Warner, he got the bag. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, he got that bag. I'm sure the 49ers could keep the guy if they wanted to, but he doesn't want to be there. He wants to get compensated. I, I saw a few weeks ago, he wants to make $25 million a year. Now, when you look at the Kristen Kirk deal, I want to get paid $25 million a year because he's leaps and bounds better than Kristen Kirk. You just look at that. Um, so it's a lot. And I, I understand. But I don't understand. That's why he wants. I don't know the depths of that situation, but I can understand wanting to be probably the highest paid wide receiver in the league just because he does so much. And he also said he doesn't want to play that running back type of role anymore. I don't know if he doesn't want to do that with the 49ers. 
if he doesn't want to do that at all. But that was a role that made him so dynamic because he could do everything. Like, wow, Debo, he's getting like eight carries this game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he got about five catches to go along with those eight carries. He's just one of those Swiss Army Knife guys. And I saw this coming uh, from, you know, his upside as a player. But also Kyle Shanahan, you got to give him credit for using this guy and putting him in, you know, in position to be successful, to be as successful as he was. So um, he wants out. He wants to get paid. I'm not knocking it. I'm not mad. And let's move on. So I'm sorry, guys, for the YouTube watchers, but I want to move on to Jay Wright. Down Villanova basketball coach. I'm finally retiring. He led the Villanova. He led Villanova Wildcats to 16 NCAA tournament appearances in 21 years. Ago. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know he did that well. I knew. I knew he was good, but my goodness, he's 34 and 16 in, in, in NCAA tournament games. Um, Jay Wright, man, this one caught me off guard because. I, I, I guess it shouldn't have caught me off guard as much. Um, you know, we saw Coach K retire on the previous year. We saw Roy Williams retire. I guess I shouldn't have been too shocked, but it's like the same way. Or I don't think of, I don't think of Roy Williams when I think of North Carolina. But when you think of Duke, obviously you think of Coach K, the staple, the mainstay. Jay Wright is going to leave Villanova behind with a record of 642 wins and 282 losses. That is absolutely amazing. Almost a 70% win percentage. Um, let's just go over his um, accomplishments. Um, you got championships in 2016 and 2018. You got four Final Four appearances. You got two American East regular season championships. You got two, um, you got, I'm sorry, eight Big East regular season championships, five Big East tournaments. And obviously got coach of the year twice. And he's coached so many good players. I'm not even going to say he coached a lot of great players, but he coached good players. He's always, the, the thing about Jay Wright is, and Villanova, if you can't do these three things, dribble, pass, and shoot, he's not recruiting you. He's not recruiting you. And this is why you don't see a bunch of five stars go to Villanova because he's not going for those, you know, highlight real type of players, those, those, those YouTube dunkers, if you will, or those flashy dribbling guys. He goes for people who can dribble, pass, and shoot, and that's why you see so many guys um, go there that aren't really, like, you know, well-known or, or highly touted, if you will. Um, so I've always admired that about him, but he coached, you know, guys like Kyle Lowry, McCall Bridges, um, they're in the NBA, you know, guys who are in the NBA, you know, your Chris Jenkins, your guys like that. Um, that team was special. Um, Jalen Brunson, who's in the league, coached him. He coached quite a few players, but not obviously guys who you wouldn't look at as like, oh, the top of the top. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo as well. Like guys who are the top of the top, who are, you know, the, the best of the bunch. He didn't recruit those type of guys. But if you could dribble pass and shoot, you could play at Villanova. And if you put in the effort on the defensive end, you can play at Villanova. It's it's kind of crazy. I feel like I'm getting old because a lot of people are hanging it up. As I mentioned, Roy Williams, Coach K, and now Jay Wright hanging it up. So congrats to you, Jay Wright. I'm glad you're at peace with the decision. I watched a little brief interview 
And he was talking about, you know, this wouldn't be a thing where he retires for a year and come back. He said he wants to be all in or all out. And he said he wants to talk to his players about life and not just yelling at them about getting back on defense and, you know, what defense to be in. So I think that's a very beautiful thing to see. And uh, congrats on a hell of a career, Jay Wright. Let's move on to these NBA playoffs. I know that's what you guys are dying to hear me talk about. And I just recorded a YouTube video about it. But I'm obviously thrilled to, you know, deep dive it again. So let's do it. So we got the NBA playoffs, man. And obviously I'm recording on Saturday morning. But let's talk about them. Let's just talk about what we saw last night. And I saw Chris Paul, the point guy, 19 fourth quarter points. In that game three win over the Pelicans, a game you have to win, you're on the road, you got to reset home court because the Pelicans stole it after Devin Booker got hurt, and he had 31 big ones in the first half of that game. But you got to reset home court, and Chris Paul did it. He took the game over vintage style. 19 fourth quarter points. The point guy, the most skilled tryhard of all time because... Like, yo, that, that was just freaking crazy. The the Suns are now up 2-1 in this series. Um, let's talk about Bucks in Chicago real quick. Um, the Bucks are going to be without Chris Middleton for the rest of the series. He got hurt late in game two, but that didn't matter. In game three, they blew him out the water, and their leading score was Grayson Allen. <laughs> I know I just said all of that, and I said Grayson Allen. And then Bobby Porter's even chipped in hitting four threes. He had a nice, Giannis only had 18 points in this game. They didn't really need him to do too much. So, um, shout out to the Bucks. I think the Bulls can still make this thing an interesting series. And I didn't even really mean to teeter away from the Pelican series. But I think the Bulls can still make this an interesting series just because of the personnel and the players that they have on the team. Guys who, who, can, who aren't scared of the moment, who can create their own shot. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. I think those guys can still push the envelope on the series, but the Bucks role players are going to have to continue to step up, and that's another thing that I can see continue. So shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks as they are up 2-1 in this series. And to rewind real quick to the Pelicans and Suns series, I see I see the Sun I see the Suns in six now. I think the Pelicans are good enough to bounce back and win Game Four, but I think I just see the I just see the Suns they're just too experienced. And I think that's what's um, ultimately going to hamper the Pelicans. I know CJ McCollum has some playoff experience, as well as uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who has some. But outside of those guys, they don't really have a ton. And I think that's what's going to cost them. You know, the Suns were a team that went to the NBA Finals last year. Chris Paul obviously has, you know, years of experience. So I, I see the Suns still winning the series, but pushing it to six. Uh, let's move on to... A couple of more games that take place. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's move on to this Hawks and Heat series. The Heat are up 2-1 after Trey Young hit a game-winning floater with 4.4 seconds remaining in the game. Um, Kyle Lowry went down in this game with a hamstring injury. I, I, I really thought that he had this game in hand because I stopped watching it. Jimmy Butler looked like he was going to get a triple-double. It was just smack city at one point. They were a big, not super big, like a, a, a over like, like, I'm not saying like a 25 point lead, but they were smacking this team up. And I thought, you know, a team like the Heat, they will put a team like the Hawks away. Not saying the Hawks are a bad team, but in the playoffs, you got to put teams away. And I know it's tough to do when you're on the road, 
but they should have put him away. They should have put him away, and they did not. And now the Heat are only up 2-1. I still think they win this series. Original prediction for this series was Heat and six. I think that can still, I think that's still very viable. Uh, but shout out to the Hawks and shout out to Trey Young for getting this team back into the series. Let's move on to a couple of games that take place today. I am recording Saturday morning around 8.23 a.m. Uh, we got the Philadelphia 76ers taking on Toronto Raptors. They're going for the sweep. Uh, Shaq said it best. He said, he said Philly's going to sweep Toronto. And that's looking like it, man. That's really looking, obviously, it's looking extremely likely. Um, Joel Embiid, he, that's the dagger right in your chest, hitting a game-winning three, fall away three at that, um, to win the game. Um, I was talking about this in my YouTube video, but I think I think we got to start looking at Joel Embiid as an all-timer, just from his skill set. Obviously, he doesn't have the hardware as the guys I'm getting ready to mention, but Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, Hakeem Olajuwon, Wilt. Um, I think he could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any of those guys like if they were to play one-on-one -on -one. because Joel Embiid, he can bang in the paint, but he can also take you out on the perimeter and show off with his handles and, you know, get to his spots, hit some step backs. Like, none of those other guys, with all due respect, they're not doing that. They're not doing that, you know. And Joel Embiid can do that as well as banging the paint. You know, he's a big guy. Um, but I just want to talk about that, man. And shout out to the Sixers, man, because they haven't made me look like a fool. Well, they have made me look like a fool because I thought, you know, Doc Rivers going to blow a lead. You know, I mean, it still could happen. So Doc Rivers would blow a lead. Um, but the Raptors did lose Scotty Barnes. Gary Trent just came back. They The Sixers took the Raptors' best punch in game three. So now I think it's over. I really think it's over. Moving on. Mavericks Jazz. Let's talk about it. This series has actually been, I'm not going to lie, after Brooklyn and Boston, this has been the series I personally have enjoyed the most. Because the, the Mavericks are without one of the best players in the NBA, Luka Doncic, and they are still coming out and showing out with guys like Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Maxi Kleber. Those guys are winning games in this first round series. They obviously lost home court. Utah Jazz won game one, but they bounced back, won game two, and stole game three in Utah. I think the Jazz are going to win this series. I mean, I'm sorry. I think the Mavs are going to win this series. I, my original prediction was Jazz in six, but I'm going to have to eat my words on this one, I believe. Uh, when they get Luka back, I think he will return at some point. And shout out to the Mavericks. Shout out to all of those guys that I mentioned, even Dorian Finney-Smith, guys like that. Davis Bertans chipped in to hit four threes in game three. I think the Mavericks are really going to win this series. I can I can see it. I can see it. Um, I had a lot of question marks because the Mavericks are a team that have been so dependent on their star player, Luka Dantich. So I, I personally didn't know what it would look like. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. And I also thought the Jazz had a coaching advantage. But Jason Kidd has been really, really good. And he's been out coaching Quinn Snyder. Um, so it's it's really crazy to see. But I got to give so much credit to the Mavericks just because I didn't know what it would look like if Luka ever did go down. And they weathered that. And they persevered. And they're up 2-1 in this series. And I expect Luka to come back. And I expect them to still win this series. Maybe bring him back slowly. Put him on a minute restriction. Maybe bring him off the bench like Golden State's doing with Steph right now. And they'll be just fine. Um, but shout out to the Mavericks. Moving on, 
We got Memphis and Minnesota. I want to talk about that because I've said this over and over again that the Grizzlies, I'm sorry, the Timberwolves are a loser franchise. They're just a loser franchise. Carl Anthony Towns has to be a better leader. He was on the Timberwolves team when they last went to the playoffs in 2018. This, this franchise just has a long, deep-rooted history of losing. They sucked when they had Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett was good. They made the playoffs a few years, um, quite a few times. Kevin Garnett also won a league MVP, but they never really won anything. Let's just call it what it is. This franchise is infested with losing. This is their last playoff. Their, this, this playoff appearance, their last two were in 2018 and then 2004. That is a 14-year history of freaking losing. And I was getting ready to curse, so <laughs> good job, Mike. But I don't understand. You go up 26, Memphis comes back. Okay. You go up by 20 again in the third quarter. Memphis comes back and wins by nine. How does that even happen? How does that happen? How? 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 I don't I don't get it. I'm still perplexed because it's how. And I think that they crushed the Minnesota Timberwolves spirit. And I think they're going to wrap this thing up. Then they're going to win game four in Minnesota. They're going to go back home and they're going to win game five. The Grizzlies are just built differently. And they are what's the, they're more mentally tough than this team. I think Pat Bev is mentally tough. But is the rest of the team mentally tough? I don't think so. Shout out to the Grizzlies for weathering both storms. Shout out to head coach Taylor Jenkins as well for weathering two storms in one game because I thought that game was over. I really did. Both times I thought it was freaking over, especially the second time. I was like, all right, they back out of 20. This game is over. Um, but shout out to them. Um, let's move on to the last series I'm going to discuss, and that is the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. I think this series is going to end in a sweep. Um... The, the Nuggets just don't, they just don't have enough. And it's what it is. And when you get into the playoffs where a team is literally just locked in and focused on you, they can neutralize what you like to do. And Nicole Oakes is a center. He's a big man. He can't, he needs, he needs a shot creator. He needs Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. He needs those guys. I think Will Barton could do a little bit, but he's not those guys in terms of shot creator. So like I said, when you get into a playoff series, teams can key in on that. And they can stop you. This is the reason the Denver Nuggets got swept last year by the Phoenix Suns. That This is the exact reason the, the Warriors are taking out the exact blueprint and demoralizing these guys with three-pointers. That's literally what's happening. Uh, so since I'm talking about that, I got to talk about Steph Curry, who's been playing well. Jordan Poole, who's been stellar. Klay Thompson, who's been good as well. Um, Draymond Green has been great on the defensive end against Nikola Jokic. This team is seasoned. We know this. The core, the core guys, and Andre Dollar will be the core four, and Steve Kerr. These guys have seen this. They're ready, and I think they're going to win the West now. I really do. Um, with everything going on with Chris, um, I'm sorry, Devin Booker, I, I think they're going to win the West. I truly think so now. It, it's kind of looking more clear than ever that I think they're going to win the West. Um, the last series I'm going to talk about is a series that has not had a game three yet. It will happen tonight, but we got the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. I first, before I pile in on these nets, I gotta give credit when credit is due to head coach Ime Udoko of the Boston Celtics. His scheme and defensive game plan against KD, I've never seen KD get stopped like this, turning the ball over. He didn't even make a field goal in the second half of game two. 
I'm going to overreact a little bit, and then I'm going to react properly just a second. But they've been the scheme. They have a guy guarding him, and then they have the shadow defender, which has been Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart shadowing that guy in case, you know, he gets a blow by. And then KD, we've seen him, like, dribble into double teams. It's just been a mess. It's just been a, it's just been horrible. You know what I'm saying? And I, Obviously, they could have stole game one. We'd probably be talking about it and looking at this series, you know, in a different way. Celtics kind of stole it with the Tatum game winner. Um, but we could be looking at this series a lot different. So that's why I don't want to overreact too much. But KD, I'm ready to see you be KD, all right? You said it yourself. I'm Kevin Durant. I'm ready to see it. I got to see it at home in front of those Brooklyn fans. I got to see it because I'm, I'm disappointed, my guy. And not even disappointed because you're not scoring, but it's just like the, some of the things, the turnovers is what I can't get jiggy with. You know what I'm saying? Like dribbling into double teams, like, come on, my guy. I'm just not getting it. Kyrie, you got to step up. I know you're fasting for Ramadan. You got to step up. You got to push through. You only had 10 points last game. The Brooklyn Nets, they will never, ever get a game like that from their role players collectively. Again, 23 points from Bruce Brown, 18 from Goran Dragic, and 16 from Seth Curry. I think Seth Curry can duplicate that. But 23 from Bruce Brown, 18 from Goran Dragic? When's the last time he did that? Seriously. When's the last time he dropped 18 points? Goran Dragic. Seriously. But I will say, I know I had to overreact a little bit to react to this. All the Celtics did was take care of home court. They're up 2-0. They're supposed to win those games on their home court. This is how a series is supposed to go if you protect home court. The team that has the home court advantage is supposed to win a potential game seven if that's where it goes. So all the Celtics did, I know they look like the better team. I know. My eyes don't lie. But this is a series for a reason. They played two really good games. They have to go on the road. And I'm not saying they have to win on the road, but they have to go on the road in a hostile environment. Those Brooklyn Nets fans are going to be, you know, teed up. They're going to be lit. Um, but if they can win game three and game four, we have ourselves a series, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have a best of three with Boston winning. With Boston getting two of those games at home, if Brooklyn can tie this thing up. Robert Williams is going to come back in game three. We're supposed to see Ben Simmons in game four. Let's see it. Brooklyn Nets, don't make me look like a freaking fool and everybody else out there in the world. Show me something. Show me something in game three. If you got any type of heart, I think the Brooklyn Nets will bounce back, hopefully, and at least make this thing a series. I don't even care who wins anymore, but make it a freaking series for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? But that is it. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the continued love and support. I'm your host. I'm your guy, Mike Curry, and I am signing out. Episode number 191 is done. Um, if you're new to the YouTube channel, please give me a like, comment, subscribe. Also, if you listen on Apple or Spotify, go ahead and subscribe there too as well, man. I really, really appreciate the genuine love and support. And I am signing out. Episode number 191 is done. Peace.